this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This summer, Carl Bernstein, Washington Post. Tell me your story. We um know things about Dick. What? What? What did you just say? I mean, president. Comes the almost true story. <laughs> How old are you? Twenty-three. Is that your combined ages? There's no need to be snotty. Of two best friends. Whatever she's on, I didn't give it to her. So socially responsible. These girls are a threat to national security. So emotionally involved. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers did something. I don't know what. And so politically correct. Isn't it against the law to cut up the flag? Not if you sew it back together. They were destined to take over the White House. Making those cookies? Yes, but you can't have any. They're for the president. These are the yummiest cookies I've ever had. How come there's oregano in the walnuts? It's a secret recipe. <laughs> Whoa. Maybe that's why he's so paranoid. Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Williams, Jim Brewer, <laughs> Will Ferrell, Dave Foley, Bruce McCulloch, Harry Shear, and Dan Hedaya. Feeling lightheaded. As Dick. Hi. Got the cookies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you can interject with a deep throat, Megan. Yes, of course. Okay. Welcome to Recapping Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host, Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish. The class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Uh, I saw the movie uh, Tenet yesterday. Have you heard about that one yet? Are you doing all right? Uh, (laughs) Let me tell you something about about Christopher Nolan. He doesn't care if you don't understand his movies. He doesn't try to, like, dumb anything down. Mm Mm-mm. All I have to say is two words, future bullets. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's really, it's really something. Check it out. It, it seems unreasonably confusing and mm-hmm. everything I've heard about it is like, yeah, man, it's unreasonably confusing. So. Yep. And Kenneth Branagh as a Russian guy. Yeah. Well, it's good. that's, I mean, can you pull it I off? I know he's got a Shakespeare background. Can you do I'm Russian? going to, I'm going to kill you, Denzel's oh son. I'm going to kill you. I don't know. So Some, he's bored as bad enough. Okay. Something like that. It's I don't. He's not good with accents. I'm not a fan. Good guy. Whatever. Well, also joining us in the class of '03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Um, you know, just trying to stay warm here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's a little cool. colder than Texas. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. Yeah, a little, cool. yeah. A little bit chilly. A little bit chilly. Drinking a lot of water, a lot of wine. Mm. So. That'll help. That'll help. I'll send you a St. Bernard of one of those uh, whiskey barrels around its neck. Oh, you know, great. It to, for some reason, be great if you're in an avalanche. So, <laughs> warm up with some whiskey for whatever reason, according to Looney oh, yeah. Tunes. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm not in Binghamton, Binghamton, New York. Is that how you Binghamton? say that? Yep, Binghamton? there you go. <laughs> Where it got 40 inches of snow last night. That's too much snow. No one asked for That's all too that. Too much. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Binghamton. Binghamton. Is that is, is that one of the Hamptons? I I think so. Is it not That's a Hampton? It's just no. a, a fun. No. Oh well. No, no. I I think Binghamton's upstate, and I just oh. heard the word Hampton. I'm like, let's make a joke. Tony Kornheiser went to college there. That's all I know about Binghamton. But we are way off topic. Rounding up the two-step. This, <laughs> this podcast chief anatomy and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. Um, this may date this recording, but big day in the house here. HBO Max is finally on Roku. And you bet your ass we signed up for it. And <laughs> have you watched the 12 dates of Christmas? Oh no, like we literally signed up for it at like 11 a.m. and I've been at my desk all day, but I did start mm. watching Legendary during a team meeting on my iPad. So that happened. Bravo. Yeah, yeah, I know. 12 dates of Christmas sounds like some Hallmark bullshit. Is it Hallmark bullshit? No, it's, um, it's like The Bachelor meets like, uh, I don't know, what's a, what's a dating show that's even worse? It's like, it's uh, like great drama. Blind great date? Drama. That's a bad dating show. Yeah, um, it's it's like Love is Blind, the same oh. the same like writer or something. I did I like Love is Blind. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Dave, this week was your pick. You want to tell us what we're talking about, where we can stream it, and what it's about? From 1999, we're talking about Dick. Dick. Yep. Woo. Talking about Dick. Um, streaming Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Voodoo. YouTube, Google Play, not streaming anywhere like free. So you had to pay no, for it. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Betsy and Arlene are two 15-year-old girls in 1976. No, they're not. not uh, when Betsy <laughs> visits Arlene at the Watergate Motel. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a motel. It's a motel. Nope. Uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the two accidentally stumble into the middle of the infamous Watergate robbery. It's not a robbery, it's a burglary. And they weren't different of it. There you go. Uh, and in order to keep them quiet, Nixon appoints them as honorary dog walkers. Now we're getting to the correct points. <laughs> that happened. As they travel in and out of the White House, their seemingly innocent actions start a chain of events that may eventually lead to Nixon's resignation as president of the United States. Sorry, may? They may. Are, Does. There, well, well, well I, I, this, this is this, it's supposed to be a teaser. <laughs> well, Does it happen? I mean,. This movie came out, what, uh, 25 years after it happened or so? Like, I, I think we know what happened to Nixon. It's not like, oh, did he resign or what happened? Or maybe, maybe they're, pr- they're thinking that people is don't Is it a know. result of them? Um, yeah, yeah, I think but, the may is like okay. their actions may. Like, he didn't, like, you know, resign. But was it because of them? Who knows? Who knows? It would be a lot lamer if it was just, like, unrelated. Is this a documentary? We'll find out. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll find out. This may was, was Kirsten Dunst really in the White House? Uh-huh. That wasn't her. That was uh, that was Betsy Jobs, who just happens to look a lot like her. Oh. So there's that. Okay, maybe not a documentary. Uh, a historical reenactment <laughs> <Yeah>. film. <laughs> this, was a, this was a dramatic reenactment of what actually happened. I think. I think that's no. that's what we're led to believe. Um, Big sis, do you want to give us a rundown of who's in the cast of this movie? Well, I already kind of gave away um, our main character, Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst, um, as Betsy Jobs. Then we have Michelle Williams, who plays Arlene Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she had a last name. Um, I don't know how to say this. Dan Hedaya. 
Sure. So yeah. Or or Hadea just. I what, think it's yeah. Hadea. Is it Hadea? Yeah. It is. It is what it is. Hadea, how you doing? Okay. He plays uh, President Richard Dick in quotes Nixon. He uh-huh. sure does. Wait, yeah. I want I want to greet people that way now. Going like Hadea. Hadea. <laughs> Hadea. Hadea, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Dick in quotes? How you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Bruce McCullough plays Carl Bernstein. Yeah. Oh, Let that sink fame. in for Love a second. Him. He's awesome. Let that sink in that he's Bernstein. Yeah. Yep. Um, then you have Will Farrell who plays Bob Wood Woodward. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. I, okay. There's a lot of parallels of this movie to um, what is the Rock and Roll High School in terms of like character gags. So oh, we'll come back to that. Gags, yeah. Yeah. Um, Saul Rubinick plays Henry. There you go. Yeah. Plays Henry Kissinger. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Garr plays Helen Lorenzo. Dave Foley plays H.R. Haldeman. Yeah. Um, Harry Shearer plays G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like three seconds. Uh, Ted McGinley plays Roderick. I forgot he was in the movie. Yeah, uh-huh. when he shows up, uh, the yep. movie does jump the shark, so it makes yep. sense. Look it up, people, <laughs> if you don't know. Look it up. <laughs> This is like a, a weird order. Um, so apologies, because some of these people I, I don't think anyone knows. Um, Carl Pruner plays Frank Jobs, Devin Gummersall, Larry Jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Brewer. Brewer? Yeah, Jim Brewer. Yeah. Uh, plays John Dean. Weird casting. Yep. Um, <laughs> GD Spradlin plays Ben. Spradlin. Yeah. Spradlin, okay. Because Ben Bradley. Ryan Reynolds, a three peat, uh, plays yeah. Chip. French young Stewart Ryan. plays, yeah, young Ryan. Yeah, still looks good. Um, <laughs> French Stewart, <laughs> French Stewart plays the interviewer, um, and Anna Gasteyer rounds it out as Rosemary Woods. Yeah, SNL representing yeah. this cast. Yeah, this is. Real, is she a real person? I don't want. Sorry, I'll, I don't want to get ahead real, of us. Well, we oh, have sure. some fact and fiction coming up. We'll okay, I'm sorry. I know. Like... Yeah, we'll talk about a lot of these people, but uh, yeah, this is a an SNL '90s heavy movie. A lot kids of, in the hall. Don't forget kids in the kids hall. in the hall. Two of them too. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Kids in the hall represented as well, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of SNL, a lot of sketch, all over this movie. Um, let's quick go around the horn here and give some memories of uh, the first time that we saw this. If we saw it before the pod, let's uh, get started with Dana. Dana, memories you have of this movie? Um, unclear if I had ever seen this movie before, but based on my reaction as we watched it, which I was talking about before uh, we started recording, is that my notes are very light, and that yes. tends to happen on a movie where I'm like, I don't, I've never seen this, and I just Taking sit back and watch it, and I forget <laughs> to take notes. So uh, I don't think I'd ever seen this before. I think I might've started it and turned it off. Um, so then I was like, yeah, I was in it. So this is, I think this was, this was new, I think, but I can neither confirm nor deny that okay. that happened. Okay. It depends on what the definition of is, is. Yeah, and... well, that's a, that's a different presidential We're going to do that. Oh, oh, okay. fantastic. Among, so among my favorite presidential quotes, well, <laughs> live with such confidence. Well, <laughs> that depends on what your definition of the word is is that slick willy for you always with the smooth talk Mm -hmm. (laughs) fuck that's that's a kind of confidence that is foreign to me like i've never felt that good about anything uh dave how about you memories of seeing this before the pod i watched this two nights ago i don't know how this one got past me i i'm I'm very disappointed in myself that that i let this get past me yeah yeah i'm I'm surprised by that 
seems like right up my wheelhouse. I mean, I've Very seen everything fun. else Nixon related and this one just, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I'm pretty ashamed. Pretty wow. ashamed. I'm, you can I'm move on now. Surprised. Yeah. Okay. I'm ashamed. Uh, big sis. How about you? So I think I've watched part of it before and then I was just so annoyed. I turned it off. So oh. Um, oh this is the first time through entirely. Okay. Okay. We've had a couple of these before, but I'd also not seen this before. Um, yeah, I remember the movie poster and seeing a trailer for it back in the day when I was watching something else in the theater, I knew that it was about Nixon and that's literally it. Like I, I knew it was about Nixon and that there's a poster where there's two of them looking at the camera and that's all I got. So First time for basically all of us here, except maybe down the memory hole for Dana and bits and pieces for Megan there. Um, since we are seeing this with the freshest of eyes, uh, Dana, did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back? So, like, realizing that there's so many, like, sketch actors in this movie and mm -hmm. just, like, how kind of bananas it is, I just feel like there wasn't, a, like, a firm script. I think it was kind of like a, <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens That's when fair. we put funny people together. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, because I'm cast, I am now uh, changing that this was a totally improvised movie. I think they did a hell of a job with a, okay. a weird premise of, hey, this is the, the, the outline. You guys go ahead. And I thought, you know, based on that, this movie was great. It was very, there were funny parts. Um, there are some weird, yeah, I thought it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it uh, a B minus. Okay. Not a bad grade. How about you, Dave? Uh, solid B plus. Okay. Uh, good, solid runtime. 30, was it 94 minutes? Something That's say, it was short, perfect yeah. in, 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 in the wheelhouse. And if you know history and you like history, you're just like, ha, what if, what if it would have happened that way? That's, that's funny. <laughs> That's funny because there, there, there are a lot of things when it comes to Watergate that we just don't know exactly how they happened or the, or if the people who told us how they happened, if that's really how it happened, it's kind of fun to look at it and be like, yeah, it could have been two teenage girls. Well, I mean, especially back then, yeah, before we knew who Mark Felt was. Like yeah. I mean, now, we know that Deep Throat was a guy named Mark Felt. At the time, we did not know that. That came out a couple of years ago, I feel like. So 2005. Like, yeah. 2005. So, oh, more than a couple, but I'm very old. Yeah, they, mm. they, at this point, this was just as plausible as anything else anyone could have thought about the origins of Deep Throat. Uh, big Sis, make the grade for you, or should they have held this one back? So, like, Dana, I really enjoyed a lot of the characters and a lot of, like, the sketches, you know, that were throughout. If this was this would have been a great Saturday Night Live episode because mm -hmm. like they didn't really connect. Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, like they kind of connected around a theme, um, but yeah, it didn't really tell a story. I hated Michelle Williams in this movie. Like, oh, really? I couldn't. I could not watch her. I, oh, I was like my. so annoyed. And same thing. Like, Kirsten Dunst got a little bit better toward the end, but at the beginning, I just like. I don't know. Oh, it was, I, don't, I don't think I would have chosen her as. Yeah. I had some notes about that. We can, it, I don't know if it's in the outline, but like, we can discuss our lead actresses. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you point. on the spot here. Uh, big sis, who would you have picked instead of her? I'm trying to like reframe the time. Mm -hmm. um, did they have to be blonde? Like, I don't think so. Dye hair. Yeah. yeah. Or just have it. I mean, there wasn't anything that had to be blonde about her. So. Mm. I don't know, like, 
I, I don't know, like anyone. <laughs> God damn, <laughs> like, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like I. Oh, I I would have my thought would have been either uh, Laura Preppen or um, Mila Kunis in that '70s show. Mila Kunis. I mean, we yeah, see them in '70s clothes a lot, which probably impacts how I think about it. But they can play silly and fun. Yeah, it, it, that's what the thing is. It's like I don't know that I've ever seen Michelle Williams play silly. No, ever. Like she's been like just very serious, and I <laughs> don't think actress. that that's her role. Guys, um, I feel pretty came out recently. I just watched it recently. I refuse to see that. No, she is. Surpri- that movie is way better than it has any right to be. I will say Ish. that right now. There were p- times when I thought Michelle. I was like, she should do more comedy, but I think, and this is my theory here, I just think Kirsten, it's Kristen, Kirsten? It's Kirsten, I think. Kirsten, Kirsten. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think she is just so much better and has been acting for so much longer than Michelle at this point that I think mm. she makes the Michelle look bad, is my theory okay. on that. Because yeah. I, I had... No. Like, Drew Barrymore would have been better. Like, yeah. And I don't, I'm not a huge fan of her. I don't know. 25 playing 15. She she could have pulled it off. We just saw her do that. Melissa yeah. Joan Hart, maybe. I don't know. I'm just looking at names. Oh, that would have been fun. Allison Joan Hannigan, Hart you could die her. Oh, Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. Allison mm. Hannigan. Uh, it, Alicia Silverstone Marvin. in this. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we keep man. throwing out we're, names. We're just, this is every actress that existed at the time. Yeah. Put Lisa Obieski in there. Yeah, I literally would say that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to my rating. Yeah. I just had a really hard time with that. Um, I thought it like, again, I thought there were pieces that were super clever. I thought there were like scenes that I a hundred percent laughed at and thought was like, especially like, it's like such a wild story. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. I'm going to have to like pass it and just move on because I can't. Okay. Listen, I mean, we all have those moments. Um, we, we give Dave a hard time for picking weird movies. He picked Hackers. He picked The Skulls. He picked Save. This one... Skulls is great. I'm not saying they're bad. I, I love Saved, but these are some offbeat films, and this is an offbeat film, I feel like. This kind of fits right into that Dave wheelhouse there. It's hard for me to assess because it is such a weird fucking movie. Like, this is a very specific, like, niche that it's trying to fit in here. Um... I will say there were some great performances in it. I loved Dan Hedaya's Nixon. Um, I, I don't know if it's the best Nixon I've ever seen, but the voice is pretty good. <laughs> like he has that voice down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, unlike Megan, I thought Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams were like legit adorable. I thought they were, they were, I mean, cute and like light and airy. And, you know, it's not a whole lot that we get like um, a movie, like a buddy comedy with, the stars both being like really dumb women. We get that with men a lot, like dumb and dumber and dude, where's my car? These were two real dumb dumbs. And you don't really see that a whole lot from like a female driven comedy. So I enjoyed seeing that. Were they dumb? Oh my God. Yes. Or were they geniuses? No, 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 no. <laughs> Dave. They was dumb. Like uh-huh. I, I, I'm not sure they can read and write. What about like Thelma and Louise or. Were they dumb? Ro- Roma, Rona, and Michelle. Oh, Rona and Michelle. Michelle are dumb. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. That's that's this kind like, of like that is funny. Like I like thought, Phoebe Buffay in yes. and, and I any of them more. I thought of a more like Forrest Gump 
a couple of Forrest Gumps just walking this, through this. I have a note about that as this well. Movie, this We're, movie is Forrest we'll Gump. We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. This okay. movie has yeah. a lot of similarities to Forrest Gump. It has a lot of similarities to another movie I'm going to bring up a little bit later on that I don't know if anyone's seen but me. Um, but really, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching. I thought the Woodward and Bernstein were hilarious. Uh, knowing Woodward and Bernstein as their modern incarnations, that was fun to watch them played like that. Um, I'm going to say it made the grade. I was never bored. There was a lot to look at and stuff, but man, weird fucking movie, Dave. Fucking weird. <laughs> um, before we get into the recap and the segments, do we have any fun facts about this one? I got a couple. Um, they actually offered the parts of Ben Bradley and John Dean mm-hmm. to Ben Bradley and John Dean. <laughs> that would have been fun to see John Dean. Do you, do you want to play yourselves? And... They said no. So they got uh, well, yeah. G GD Spradlin and uh Jim Brewer to pet to uh, play them respectively. I mean, yeah, John Dean went to prison. Like I don't, I don't I don't think he'd want to like make this like a, a silly wacky comedy about the thing that sent him to jail for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he, he's I, I still that. pretty pretty raw about it twenty years ago. <laughs> I think ago. he I is think now wanna... still. Mm, yeah. I, I went to jail for that man. Yeah, I yeah. I get that. Um uh, this film was a flop, unfortunately. They, they spent a bunch what? of money on it. And it's a it's a thirteen million dollar budget. Only made about a little less than half that six point three million. Bummer. But uh, my guy Roger Ebert loved it. Three and a half stars out of, of course four. He did. Of course he did. It's a sly comic treasure. The flip side of all presidents' men, and will play for audiences not only who remember Watergate and recognize all the cross references, but to younger Kristen Dunst fans as well. I don't know. Well, about he that was wrong part, about that but... last part. Oh, definitely. hundred <laughs> percent. have to know Watergate to get a lot of the funny parts of this movie. Yeah. Considering. So, so, yeah. I saw like almost every teen ish movie that came out in 99 and have like the ticket subs to prove it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. It didn't work, Roger. It didn't, it didn't pull <laughs> us, pull in the younger Kirsten Dunst fan or Kirsten. Why can't I say her name? Kirsten, right? Kirsten Just call her Dunst. No, all the Kiki. kids. Everybody calls right, her Kiki. All our friends. Right, right at the millennium, exactly what they were looking for yeah. is to, you know, I, I need to learn more about Watergate right before yeah. 2000 and the world ends. That's what I'm. There's, that's what I'm excited about. There's a pretty high level of like base knowledge about Watergate you need to come into this movie with to get a lot of the jokes. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, and I feel like in '99, what we were freshmen, so yeah. like I had none of this. I, I had freshmen. Yeah, I knew the word Watergate, and that was it. <laughs> also, like, weren't we going through our own presidential impeachment scandal at the moment? In so, that year, too. Oh, yeah. 98, 99. Yeah. 99. This was peak Molly Shannon playing Monica Lewinsky on SNL like three times a week. Yeah. So we'd had we we'd had enough. Yeah. yeah we had our own issues. Fifty years right. old. She's fantastic. It's a kick stretching kick. Uh, yeah. A, a couple actors in in the movie. If you guys have seen the. Oliver Stone take on the whole Nixon thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a couple hours longer, but uh, it's a full retelling <laughs> of, the, of, of the Nixon history. Uh, the guy who plays Nixon in this movie, Dan Hedaya and Saul Rubinek, who plays uh, Henry Kissinger, they played parts in uh, Nixon as well. So they already knew a lot of them because it's only four years before. No, this was four, four years after uh, Nixon came out. So Man. they already knew quite a bit about it from their research and, just decided to be in some dick. Oh boy. All right. so oh boy. Listeners at home, if you want to take a drink every time there's a dick joke, you'll be alcohol poisoning in like 45 minutes. There's a lot of those that are going to be showing up, I think. 
Um, let's go ahead and jump into the recap and our, our segments here. Dave, where do you want to get us started at? Just a general thought. Um, these two young ladies really seem to be in their own world and <laughs> consider everything that's going on politically in our world today. I, I admire it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to ignore, not really ignore even, uh, they absorb everything that's happening around them and they just don't. They're oblivious. Don't they're oblivious. And, uh, there is such a thing as consuming too much information and being too plugged in and me watching this. I'm like, man, I think it'd feel pretty good to be them. Yeah. Um, nothing about nothing. Yeah. So I admired them for that right away. And if, um, once the movie starts, you see it, it starts exact, pretty much exactly the same as all the president's men does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a piece of paper and a typewriter. And uh, of course, instead of, you know, typing properly, they have to make a mistake and use whiteout. You guys remember when whiteout was a thing. Um, yeah. Um, and then you jump right into the, Watergate break-in. I think just as a general primer, we should start right here, do a little fact or fiction. Oh, it's true! It's damn true! All right. Um, during the synopsis, you, you probably heard me say 1976. That is very wrong. Um, <laughs> the Watergate scandal, with, with, which started with the Watergate break-in, started in 1972 on June the 17th. Um, when uh, five men broke into the Democratic National Headquarters at the Watergate Hotel, which is actually a complex, not just a hotel. There's apartments, there's offices, there's all that, there's, there's, there's all that stuff. They were discovered when a security guard uh, saw that the locks were taped and said, uh, oh, somebody must be trying to break in. In the movie, you see that happen once. It actually happened twice. When he saw it the first time, he said, ah, oh, someone's moving in or something. I'll just take this off and then I'll go about my day. Went back taped again, called the police, and uh, they came and they caught the burglars in, in the act. So Five for, the, men, for the record, that's, yeah. that's the first thing that you'd have to kind of be familiar with to get that reference in the movie. <laughs> like sure. they, they show the girls doing that because they have to break out to mail a letter. And that's, if you weren't aware that was part of the Watergate thing, you wouldn't even know to pay attention to that at all. And I was very disappointed. I was so so disappointed. Bobby Sherman was that important. Why would you wait till the night it was due at I'm midnight? Saying. Yeah, I, I I had a note about that, and I wonder if they thought because they had to like sneak out because it was late. I thought mm-hmm. they thought like getting it in the mail by midnight is what they were. I didn't even think about that part. The mail has already come <laughs> to pick it up. The mail. I, I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you it's postmarked and they're going to be very disappointed. It is not going to get postmarked before midnight on that day. But in their brains, it's like they got it in the mailbox at midnight. Because they dumb. Um, They answered the contest. We've we've talked about how you were in love with Ryder Strong at the time. If there was like a win a date with Ryder Strong competition, are you waiting until the day of to send that letter? Or is your letter sent like months in advance? Oh, the the minute I like see it. I'm stopping everything. Yeah, that's what I love. Clearing my schedule. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping school for the day and risking the wrath of Megan's mom. I actually went to a live podcast when Ryder Strong was on. He's uh, he's pretty cool. Doug loves movies. Guys, Doug loves movies. I saw it live in LA, and they're just like, "Here's our special guest, Ryder Strong." I'm like, "Holy shit, Boy Meets World's here!" (laughs) I'm sorry, the friend of Boy Meets World is here. This is great. (laughs) Uh, Five men are arrested. Uh, They are caught. taking pictures of documents, breaking in, 
and they tried to hide, but uh, the police said, nope, get up, get out of here. Um, the five men, uh, Virgilio Gonzalez, Bernard Barker, James McCord, Eugenio Martinez, and Frank Sturgis mm-hmm. uh, were taken to jail, and they were eventually indicted for breaking and entering. And uh, the, the person, the guy who actually comes into contact with the two girls in, in the movie, G. Gordon Liddy, mm-hmm. fascinating character if you ever yeah. want to meet a real interesting crazy person uh, he's 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 even crazier well i understand people get can get crazier as they age but he was crazy then yeah. he's like ninety thousand times crazier now yeah um sees them in the uh, stairwell and she and they're able to get away just by screaming very loudly yep and, and, he's, and he's like oh no ah, he really has that mustache i thought that was a yeah. joke oh no no oh, that's how he, he looks does. He that does. is how he looks and, and uh, on the uh, five men, they found lock picks, door jimmies, almost uh, $2,300 in cash. Uh, not suspicious at all that it's $100 bills in sequential order. Why are you carrying um, cash, man? Why are you carrying yeah, cash? For what? <laughs> uh, a shortwave radio receiver that could pick up police calls, uh, 40 rolls of unexposed film, two 35 millimeter cameras, and three pen sized tear gas guns. You guys, they ran into trouble. This is so absurd. Nixon was going to win in the landslide any goddamn way. Like, this is just, that's always the funniest part about the Watergate thing for me. He was going to win by a True. lot like without yeah. this. Just just why? Why? Who is he running against? Uh, it was McGovern. George McGovern. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, that- he was going to roll him. It, was, it wasn't even going to be a competition. And he's like, it I want to win by a thousand. Yeah, he picked uh, Tom Eagleton to be his vice president, and he'd and had an electric shot, treat, shot treatments. Yeah, Eagleton that's all. That's all. That's all. Oh, all you had shit. to say in '72, people are like, "Oh, he's crazy." Yeah, he, it was a him. scandal that he had been seeing a psychiatrist for depression, and they were like, "Well, time for you to drop out and leave politics forever, fella." Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this began the almost exactly two-year saga that would eventually bring down the Nixon presidency. Um, see uh they go to the white house on a field trip the next day coincidentally mm-hmm. right that's Fun coincidence yeah and, uh, and they see g gordon liddy walking like i recognize that guy and oh like magic oh he's got a piece of paper stuck to his foot and what's on it a list from the uh committee to reelect the president of payoffs to um yeah, different people who are who are either involved in, in the planning of dirty tricks or actually doing the dirty tricks themselves and it's got all that stuff um related on there and they keep it but they don't take very good care of it eventually the dog eats it and it becomes a whole issue later and stuff and, that didn't um happen. yeah a couple other characters hr haldeman real guy hard ass strict taskmaster no one liked him as a boss but um he was eventually mentioned in one of the in one of the watergate tapes with what they call the smoking gun tape uh, Nixon saying that he told Haldeman to uh, have the CIA pressure the FBI into dropping the FBI investigation, and that's called obstruction of justice, and that's a crime or misdemeanor. That's uh, used to be. Used to be. Well, and it's, uh, well, back in '72 when there were laws. We took that, that off the books. We yeah. threw that out. We didn't like that. you do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else we got? Oh, John Dean. He was an interesting character. The way that he kind of turned after. Um, Betsy said, uh, if you stay, you're just as bad as he is. That's what happened, right? And he just kind of puts his hand over his face like, oh. (laughs) And yeah, I don't think I've ever heard an interview where he says exactly what 
turned him and made him cooperate. But uh, no. I believe that it could have been a couple of random 15 year old girls telling him that uh, you're a bad man. Probably you're a bad, you're a bad, bad man. And that's, you need to leave or you're as bad as he is. Let's talk about, have you guys ever had those cookies before that they made for the president? Oh, uh, not cookies, but brownies, cake, bread. Um, oh. The actual cookies or like the weed version of the cookies? Oh, I'm sorry. No, not the weed version of the cookies. Oh, then, Just, um, then no. Have you ever had, no. you've never had Hello Dolly's before? No, no. no. My mom makes incredible Hello Dolly cookies oh, really? every so often. She puts them in this nice little tin. Um, so I get it. Um, you just see those cookies and you just want to eat five, six, seven of them. <laughs> I just don't believe that Nixon would get high no. that quickly. No. Or, or they, they all get super excited about it. He, he ends up getting like super paranoid by, by the end when all that stuff's going on. Um, and uh, her brother and, and, and that they had no idea that her brother keeps weed in the walnuts. Man, look. The, the 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 edibles thing in general i didn't get number one i've never been an edibles guy that's not my thing that's um, my thing it's not i i oh, always nice. preferred I, I always preferred smokables because then i know exactly where i'm gonna get within two minutes like i can i can hit the brakes really quickly edibles it's like i'm rolling the dice i'll see you guys in an hour and we'll see what happens to me yeah you're, you're not gonna eat a cookie and before you're done eating it you're like high as a bird oh. around the room like that that I felt was, like this in years. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think at one point he said, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Like he was he was off his rocker. And then um the thing about the, the walnuts, um we saw this with outside Providence. I think it's like a thing that in the 70s parents didn't know what weed looked like or smelled like. Because mm. <laughs> Alec Baldwin had never seen a, a bong before and thought it was like a musical instrument. So like yeah. I, I can understand him keeping his weed in plain sight. I don't know why he would pick the walnuts. Um, when I was in college, I would keep mine in a bag with uh, some clementine peels because I thought that would make it taste better. I remember that. It didn't. Uh, didn't make it taste better at all. Just, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I was smoking drugs. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if he, if it was like the same kind of dumb teenage logic. Well, it's like, well, this will do something to it. I don't know why, but I, that just seemed like a bad idea to me. Um, like putting things in like a rice like rice, right? Like potentially it's he thought it phone. was going to like keep it dried uh, out. Like that's what rice would do. I don't yeah. I, I don't know why you'd want, I, I don't, you don't want it dry. I don't know, man. I it just, I, I don't, I assume he had some kind of a reason in his mind why that made sense. But like, it just seems like a bad idea to me. You know why they were stored in there? Because mm. we needed to get them in the cookie. <laughs> so that way we can have a joke about Nixon being paranoid. Because no way. It couldn't possibly <laughs> just be a plot device. No way. It couldn't possibly no. be that. There I mean, had to be some logic. We've, we've talked about this. This is cinema yeah. verite. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he's a dummy. Uh, the brother. Um, I felt bad for him when he got drafted. Yeah, um, I'm sad. But yeah, I, I looked into that too. I was like, I thought the draft was over in 72. Okay. Nope, it went until January 73. So yep, you definitely could have been drafted. Okay. But but that kind of makes sense. Uh, during those like six months when they're walking the dog and bringing the cookies, uh, eventually Nixon uh, gets all, you know, cool man and decides I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the boys home and I'm not going to send any more people to die in Vietnam and end selective service in January 73. So well, all, they that, really that part made sense. They oh, asked yeah. really nicely. Yeah. They told what's him. The, they did. What's they the like, point of this? Is, is yeah. there really a point to it? 
is there really a point to it? Like, oh, that's 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 a good way to start. Um, Secret youth advisors really came in handy. <laughs> um, I tried to do some research on the White House uh, where the bribery and shredding room was located, <laughs> and I could not locate unofficial White House maps exactly where that is. So that's just what they um, want you to think. Yeah. Um, do I believe that all that stuff happened? Yes. Uh, do I think that it would have just been out in the open like that? No, but uh, that was kind of a funny thing. Like, well, I think we went left. No, I think we went right. Let's look in this room that we've never been in. It'll take us to where we were before. And there you go. Stacks of cash. Shredding machines and yeah, yeah. cash well, everywhere. What was extra funny was they tried a few doors that yeah. were all locked, but the one that wasn't locked was the one that they were. So so this this is where i was reminded of another movie and i dave i hope you've seen this one i was telling everyone to watch it um after i had seen it it's called um death of stalin oh yeah yeah uh dana big sis have you guys seen death of stalin i am not but isn't it Arma is it an armando iannucci film the guy it, yes, it, yes it is okay yes. i've heard of it Okay, uh, real quick, I can make this pretty simple. Death of Stalin is um, about the surprising death of uh, Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union and like the fallout and the aftermath of what happened after he died. But it is an absurd slapstick comedy. Um, who is in that? Jeffrey Tambor is in it. Uh, Steve Buscemi is in it. It's is Buscemi is Khrushchev. He was on. Ben Kingsley's not in that. Um, okay, the game different one. Sorry. Yeah, but it's it's just I mean it, it. Everything about it is played for absurd comedy. The very first scene is like there's a um, like an orchestra performance, and at the end of it, Stalin calls the station where they were broadcasting it to like request a recording of it, and the guys are like, "Well, I don't I don't think we have a recording. Like, what are we gonna do?" So they quick like scramble to get as many people that were in there to come and sit back down to record it again. They get like random people from the street to come in like one lady's carrying a chicken to like sit in the audience to clap at the end of it. Um, the, they have to call him back after like a minute and a half. And they were like the two guys in the room, the station director and his assistant are like, well, does that mean a minute and a half after he called us or a minute and a half after he hung up? Like, I don't, I don't know. He's going to have us murdered if we don't do it right. And the whole movie is that kind of a, of a, of a feel to it. It's, there's a lot of falling down, a lot of like comedic backstabbery and uh, Stalin's son is like a complete drunk, which is accurate, but he's basically like, he's playing Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, essentially like just drunk and flamboyant. The scene with the shredder reminded me of that. It was a scene that would have fit in that movie where it's just like, this yeah. is the broad daylight, middle of the day, why is the cash visible? Like, why is the cash out right now when you're shredding? It was just such a, a silly moment. And it was early enough in the movie that I'm like, okay, so it's this kind of a movie. Like, this is where we're going with this. Now I know. I don't think that really went down like that. But the movie wants us to think that, and I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. I'm, I'm going along for the ride. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, when uh, Nixon and Brezhnev met... And they had the uh, speaker together. Yep, there you go. Um, that really happened in 1973. Uh, they were going to talk about a lot of things, but the main thing was, uh, I don't know if you don't think that this is super important. It was about uh, the agreement on the prevention of nuclear war. Nah, that's trivial. That's really all that they were going to talk about. It was a, uh, a treaty with, with like an indefinite runtime uh, that uh, 
They mutually agreed to remove danger of nuclear war through avoiding direct and military conflict and partake in urgent consultation if the occurrence arises. Mm. Um, and they kind of went, well, bef- before they eat the cookies and get, they get immediately high. Everybody <laughs> looks a little like a little hardened. Everyone's kind of just sticking to their guns and so on. And then, you know, you start singing hello, Dolly show tunes and, uh, Boy. It kind of loosens up your foreign policy, apparently, right. which I think is a fun uh, a fun thought. Not right. not that Nixon was such a great negotiator, but uh, they were all uh, some high on drugs, doped. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and what got me. Well, I was watching it. I'm like, knowing what I know about Soviet Union in the 70s, you're just going to eat some shit that like a random American girl pops in and gives you. You're going to be like, oh, this is obviously poison. Like you're you're going to assassinate me. Brezhnev, right now. You will assassinate me. Brezhnev, now? How dare you? <laughs> More Boris um, Badenov. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, um, when we get to the part of uh, the way they brought up Deep Throat was kind of funny that her brother got caught going, wow. going to the dirty movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware. It's a pornographic film that was originally released in 1972. Yes. Um, it never was. Uh, know you say. It was uh, one of the first pornographic films to feature a plot, character development, and relatively high production values. The things you really want in your porno. For sure. No, it's estimated it, it made in theaters anywhere between forty and fifty million dollars so on a six hundred thousand dollar budget. That's absurd. Mo- most of that money went to the mob, apparently, but we won't go into too much detail about that. Yeah. Um, the way they made fun. They were talking to Woodward and Bernstein on, on, on the phone, um, Betsy and, uh, and Arlene, and they're like, oh, so what do we call you? And they make fun, <laughs> and then just come out and say, deep throat, deep throat, deep throat, deep You're horny. Open the door. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, so that ends up being their, the, the code name for uh, Woodward and Bernstein's source turned out to be Deep Throat. Their identity remained a mystery until 2005. We talked about this a little earlier when uh, Mark Felt, who was deputy um, director of the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover and was actually passed over for promotion for one of uh, Nixon's cronies. And uh, I'll do it. <laughs> and he, did, he definitely wasn't a fan of that. Um, came forward and said, hey, I was Deep Throat. That was me. Surprise, bitches. Yeah, well, he didn't do like. Do you know why he picked the name Deep Throat? Like, I, I, I was going to ask that. I assume he loved porno. Loved porno. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I. No, we we really. I'm I'm guessing it was just the it was it was it was the time. Maybe it was something I can add in a newspaper because these just happened in regular theaters back then. It's true. You used to be able it's to just go to thought. like. Yeah, they called it the uh, porno chic era. You used to be able to just go to a regular theater and just. See a straight up oh. porno in the theater. I used to advertise them and everything. So weird. Um, weird side tangent. Mm-hmm. Real quickly. But so I was watching the movie Vice, uh, the Dick Cheney movie. Yeah. <laughs> the other Dick. Other Dick. Um, and basically, like I bl- like Nixon helped ruin democracy because, like, so it sounds like they p- passed up Mark Felt for one of Nixon's friends, and the reason why, like. Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney were able to like ascend was because after Nixon like resigned, I think like Ford tried to purge the government of like all of Nixon's friends 
So this is where like those people got way too much power. So just another reason to hate Richard Nixon was all yeah, his nepotism yeah. and cronyism. It led to Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld being very important men and they never should have been. Yeah, suddenly everything is fully hollowed out and a, yeah. a former drunk from Wyoming ascends yeah. to like one of the top spots. <laughs> like, that movie is uh, terrifying. Yeah. Again, not a movie that like, it's not a documentary, but to me it's it is. It's good though. That's a fun, that's a, that's a good fucking movie. I like that it's one very good. Okay, yeah, so I have um, go for can it. I interact with the deep throat um, trivia. What? Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> can I? Yes, you can interact with the deep throat, Megan. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, so Howard Simmons is the one who dubbed the informant deep throat. So, like, he didn't okay. call himself that. The actual Why would he? Yeah. <laughs> the editor of the Post called him that. Okay. To allude, to allude to the deep background status of the information and the widely publicized pornographic film. I thought it was a dick thing. Okay, well, he's got deep knowledge of dick. Yeah. Deep throat. I, I, think, I, like oh, boy. Okay. I think I like that better. Waka waka. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Like a deep, <laughs> deep knowledge yeah. of that. Because yeah, it's like, it's deep and oral only. So throat. Mm-hmm, like yeah, yeah. This all makes sense now. Let's see what's happening. Um. So the White House plumbers, they were real. Um, they didn't have a van with the word plumbers on it, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Laughed many times that they were being chased by and the plumbers in a van that said the plumbers. You have to know that's a thing to get that joke. Yeah, exactly. Sail yeah, right the White House plumbers, yeah. Well, they, they, they were specific, but professionally known as what's called the Special Investigations Unit, established in 1971, um, to stop and respond to the leaking of classified info, specifically after... Daniel Ellsworth and the Pentagon Papers, they're yeah. like, we're not going to check, we're not going to check this bullshit anymore. We're going to have the plumbers. Solid Nixon. Come. Fix um, the leaks. Plumbers fix leaks. They, there yeah. you go. They uh, conducted wiretaps, surveillance. They, uh, they did burglaries to obtain evidence to discredit any suspected leakers and any potential enemies of the president, mm-hmm. um, who later on turned out to be pretty much everybody. So yeah. they were pretty busy. But in this movie, um, it was two 15-year-old girls. That's right. Who didn't two know what 15. they were doing. Yep. More surveillance. Yep. It was seemed really expensive to have all those people just running around all day, but they were government employees. So Nixon wasn't paying. So he probably didn't give a shit. Let's right. have everyone just run around chasing 15 year old girls and we'll see where it goes. Oh, and uh, making out with their mom. Maybe, maybe they did more. They, they probably did more, right? But he wasn't an agent. He was just, like, he, no, he was just a dope that was visiting from, from college. He was a, uh, no, Haldeman's, no. No, oh, Arlene's mom. Okay, yeah. Arlene's mom. Yeah, he was, I was talking about when, 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 once the movie jumped the shark. Yeah, <laughs> when Ted McGinley showed up. Yeah, they they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, the White House tapes were very real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were. And there really were was a missing eighteen and a half minutes. Uh, no one quite knows what was said, but I, I like to think that it was just a love letter from a fifteen-year-old girl who was in love with. Dick Nixon. Do you, do you have uh, do you have Rosemary Woods' explanation for what happened in there? Because her explanation what, 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 is fucking nonsense. No. The 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 machine that they record on, where she where she's recording a long love letter and singing to Nixon. It's it's in Rosemary Woods' desk, and if you look up um, on Google an image search for Rosemary Woods' stretch, mm. the way that she says it, like she was sitting at her desk. 
and she didn't she was very efficient and didn't like to have to like get up and move around for stuff she'd reach for things and what she says is that she was reaching for something on the desk and then her foot like hit a trigger on the recording device that just like didn't come off for a while and that's where the 18 and a half minutes where i'm like well that's not what happened rosemary like your foot stayed in one place for 18 and a half minutes because you stretched one time and only happened this one time ever but she was loyal to the end as on a gas ira shows the end of the movie and she's like no no for real like this was all my fault and that's not what happened so i feel like again that's like a joke you needed you have to know that one. I had yeah. to know about yep. the Rosemary stretch. I was just like, she was going to record. I literally had a question. I was like, so did they record over something? Did what she said not get recorded? I had like so many, and I didn't know. It's because we needed to delete 18 and a half minutes or whatever. This is a, yeah, this is a teen movie for teens who are really, really deep into Watergate. Yep. And are kind of, kind it was kind of crazy when she was, really crushing on Nixon. That uh, dick book made me very uncomfortable. Oh, man. The, uh, God. the uh, dick uh, dream sequence made me very oh. uncomfortable. No Would you like to know my note about that? Uh, Please. <laughs> hold on. No offense to Dan Hedaya, but no. I am not liking him as a sex symbol. It's no, thank so you. bizarre. It's so strange. <laughs> Yeah, like, like watching it, well, I, I was like, okay, so this this comes out of fucking left field. Like I don't know what oh. led up to this, but then thinking about it, at fifteen, I feel like that's just kind of what happens. Like you're just suddenly super into not necessarily Nixon. That's a weird a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I feel like you you go from being like unaware that someone exists to being super crazy into them at a very short amount of time. Sure, I bought that that sure. would happen, but Nixon though. Right. Also, this is Mel Horowitz from. This is Cher's dad. (laughs) Like I can't. This is Cher's dad from Clueless. So I can't. Anywhere in LA, it's twenty minutes. No, it's not. That's a lie. We'll talk about it. Amazing. But I was just like, no, thank you. I like. I think I like picked up my phone. I was like, I don't even want to know what happens in the sequence. It's so so weird and gross. Well, and then she like takes down her Bobby wall and puts up a Nixon wall and a wall of dick. By, and by wall, yeah, it's a wall of dick. <laughs> and by wall, I mean like this was a giant room. Yeah, you know, it was covered. Is, her her wall was covered in dick. Yeah, yeah, it's a so dick covered dicks. wall. Yeah. Um, I also one thing about that because she keeps crossing out Nixon's wife. I don't know her name. I don't know nothing Pat, about Pat, this woman. Pat. Okay, Nixon. Pat. But I think they did her dirty in this movie. He fucking like hates her. He yells at her all the time. I was like, God I don't know damn what it, Pat, stop snoring. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna blow my brains out. What did, you, that, what you, did you she do Pat? to deserve this? Nothing. Pat will, Pat will understand. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the right. Like what? Yeah. From what we know about Pat Nixon, she did not do anything wrong other than love a horrible man. And then I built you a White House sandcastle. What? end of dream oh, yeah. oh the dream see i wasn't yeah, even paying i don't it's weird man don't yeah then like the, there's the pictures in the dick book with like the cross out pat face and like a yeah. pasted on and the way the way kirsten Dunst reacts is like oh it looks so real i'm like no oh it's terrible <laughs> sure it but, doesn't yeah no but, but this is how this also, is how crazy obsessive people start yeah yeah but also like kirsten Dunst is like oh i had no idea you had this crush like she's a fucking dick wall yeah, like, get a wall of dick. Dick wall. it was a bobby wall 20 minutes ago now it's mm-hmm. a dick wall yeah 
Um, I will say I had a friend in high school that took a picture of me and in high school I was very much obsessed with uh Mr. JC Chazay. Oh my god. I'm in sync. <laughs> and uh I have this like box that's meant to be like a commemorative box and my friend like cut out pictures to make it look like we're both like near each other and like that he has his arm around me on this box i loved it i brought it to college with me guys it was very embarrassing do you still have that box i want that for instagram it's at my parents house so like anything i talk about like <laughs> we need picture that of me picture of me loving mayo my parents cannot find it oh. this box is at my parents house to possibly thankfully do. and then my mom actually might be able to find it Wow. But yeah, so like that picture of like um, Arlene and Nixon, I was like, oh yeah, so my friend did with me and JC Chazay. It was just yes. as queen. It's a thing. Uh, I was uncomfortable about that whole, I, I, you know, they didn't show us like a lead up to what led her to fall for him. And thank God they didn't. No, I think they kind of did. So that's where there's like this weird moment when they first sit down and give him the cookies. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I've never, haven't felt this way in a while. They yeah. like, for some reason, just turn the camera on Michelle Williams, and she's making these like really like, weird faces. Oh, I'm like, is she okay? Yeah. What's wrong with her brain? Like, what is what, everything? Remember the faces. And it was like that's when she was falling in love with, with Dick. You know, oh. she just loved it. It was, uh, she got dickmatized. Oh. And oh. <laughs> hey, as a 15 year old girl might. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I realized like after oh that's that's her falling in love with him. And I was like, I was okay. just like, what is going on? I'm so I remember her face. I was like, is she high? Is that her or I'm <laughs> face? Like what's happened with her face here? I didn't have a note about her doing a lot of weird face acting for like a, her, a 10 second stretch. Her whole I mean, there's so many face acting snaps. You hate her guts. So. Yeah. I mean, she looked vapid and like I don't know. Yeah. But but I am going to say it made sense for her to fall for him because she has a daddy complex, obviously. Yes, she has dad uh, issues, for sure. Clearly. Confirmed. So she falls in love with a horrible, horrible president. Hey, man, she loves yeah. dick. You know, what can I say? <sighs> Jeez, I, 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 did, I did enjoy, because I, I, I tried to get contacts once, and putting it in three, three times makes sense to me. I, yep. I, I failed so many times. It's really... It's probably easy for most people, normal people, but I just couldn't figure it out. No, no, so I completely un- understood when it just kind of bent in her eye. I'm like, oh my God, that's my biggest fear. It, it goes under my eyelid and then I get an infection and then my eye falls out. You don't get Why would infection. I do that? I you lost a contact infection. in my eye for like three days and I like washed my face. That's days. horrifying. You, like, it oh, is, it is. Is. It's irritating is all it is. Yep. I, I didn't even know it was there. Oh my God. I, I got contacts uh, the first time. The night of our uh, freshman dance before school started. So our high school was weird freshman year because we had a dance after every football game, after every home football game, which was very odd and seemed like way too many. Every effort. Yeah, it it wasn't a formal dance. It was just like after the game, the school basically hosted like a dance party. It was um, so, I think it's basically so you don't go and get drunk. Yeah, you have somewhere to go after the game is over. And so we had, we also had one before school started that was like a freshman mixer, like the week before school began. And I got contacts that day and I'm like, new year, new me. Like I'm showing up. No one knows me. I'm a different kid. I've, I've, I've put some muscle on over the summer from all that football shit. Like I look great. And when I tell you I spent 45 minutes trying to get one of these sons of bitches in my fucking eye, I was sweating. I was mad. I was shaking. I was frustrated. My eyes looked bloodshot as shit because I had poked myself so many fucking times. 
like yeah i i also resonated with me trying to put contacts in the first time was uh a Can harrowing experience do it at like the uh, like because i think i got i must have gotten contacts at, like a similar like i think going into high school mainly because my mom thought it was getting dangerous that i was playing sports and i couldn't see <laughs> same and i think she was right yeah. i think she was yes. right yep um she's like you probably shouldn't like play softball and play, be a shortstop and you can't see the ball clearly until it's like a foot away from you very fair point mother it's a problem um yeah. but i sat there and like we just i thought it would be a problem for me because like i was like a weird kid who could like just touch my eyeball and it didn't bother yeah, me i can't so i remember like that's the problem then you're fine oh, yeah. yeah so i, I thought the to- same thing so i'm sitting there we're at like the eye doctor and i have to put them in and i like my I like couldn't do it. I'm like crying because I'm like, why can't I do this? Yes. Like, like <laughs> bustle up or whatever. And I, <laughs> muscle. Yeah. <laughs> but then finally got it in. But I was very upset with myself for a very long time. So I was like, you can poke yourself in the like I don't want to do it now because my fingers are dirty and I've learned it's very unclean to just touch your eye. But yeah, like I remember it being a problem, but we had to sit there at the eye doctor until I got it in before we could leave. Well, so I got it in at the optometrist, but that was at like like nine in the morning or whatever. And I remember for some reason, I don't know why they were like, don't wear these all day the first time. Like you have to ease into wearing them. And I'm like, seems dumb, but you're a doctor. So why not? What we finally discovered is I can't use my index finger. It has to be the middle finger. And I hold my, my lower cheek down with the other two with the index and the ring. And then I use the middle to pop it in. And that's, we discovered that that night after a lot of frustration and near tears. Is this still true that you have like, it takes that much for you to get context? Uh, I do it with the middle finger now, but it's, it's, you know, three seconds. It's quick now. Okay. It's just a quick just, boop. boop. Yeah. Boop. Mm. I, yep. I used my friend's contact thing. Cause I, I, I have one a days and I use their contact, her contact solution, but there was a broken contact inside the like, Ooh, like the case. Oh, and um. my contact went on it. I put it in my eye and I lost a broken contact yep. in my eye. Yeah. That's the and nightmare. I couldn't get it out there. It, it's, it's the nightmare. You know what? Ne- nightmare. You want to know what's never broken in my eye? Glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All but back right. to the, but back to the white house tapes. Uh, <laughs> This wasn't specifically a Nixon thing. Everyone's like, yeah, Nixon wanted to record everybody. He's so he's such a piece of shit. Nope. <laughs> Johnson started it. I was like, wasn't it Johnson? He recorded it was Johnson. everybody. Yeah. And yeah. He, yeah. he liked to record people too and be like, yeah. So you see, so you'd hear like a Texan just saying terrible things about people for hours. You ever but hear there uh, weren't Taylor for his pants? He, he recorded people. He started the war. There's Fascinated a, MLK. What? Yeah. There's a, there's a tape of uh, LBJ calling his uh, his tailor to get his pants uh, altered, and he said that he needs more um, more space down by where his bunghole is. Yep. Uh, and he also in that call referred to his dick as jumbo. He's like, well, yep. you know, jumbo takes up too much space. You need more space where the bunghole is. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah. you're the president. Um, yeah, he, he was very open about all that stuff. Yeah. His wife is so sweet too. Yeah, we have a lake. Mm-hmm. We have a lake. She did not want it named after her, though. So that's why I call it Town Lake. <laughs> okay. We are. Didn't have... Are we even talking about this movie anymore? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Uh, well, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to it. There, there were over three thousand hours of Nixon tapes. Specifically, there were only nine that people ever really wanted to listen to that were related to Watergate, and they were eventually subpoenaed. So it didn't really work the way that. They portrayed it in the movie, going to Haldeman's house and stealing it and 
no. making out with Ryan Reynolds and him doing a beer bong to try to loosen up and which was oh, weird. God. Oh my god. I was so confused. So bizarre. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and that's why I had to start kissing. Like, he like burps. I'm like, oh Jesus. I had no idea what was happening. Wait, oh, remember yeah. the remember the theory that Ryan Reynolds cannot do a romantic he can't have Maybe. chemistry with somebody, is what it was. Or, yeah. Have, yeah, have chemistry. It, I, it's solidified. Yeah, there was no chemistry. He was a, a plank of wood again. Um, yeah. I also think, like, Kirsten was, like, not of age. She wasn't 18, and he was, like, I think it was, like, early 20s. So I was yeah. like, oh, this, I didn't, I don't like this. Oh. I don't like this one bit. No. If we're following the correct timeline, she could be as old, she could be up to two years older. No, but maybe a year older, so she'd be like 16, 17. Uh, okay. she, well, she was, she, was, she was 15 at, at, at the start in 72, and this goes uh, until okay. 74 when he resigns. Yeah. It's weird. So she could be 16 or 17. Two years. You don't get a sense of that time scale at all. Oh, I thought it was a week. It could have been a week. Yeah. It jumps in weird yeah. ways. This is two years. You don't see weather goes, change. You don't see nope. winter. You don't see the cherry blossoms or the, the trees changing color. It's all the same weather the entire time. Yeah. And you got some of that. Good old obstruction of justice that we were talking about. The Saturday Night Massacre fires yeah. the attorney general. He's like, I refuse. I'm not going to give the Supreme Court over the tapes. And eight nothing on the Supreme Court. They said, hand over the tapes. And uh, he did. Except for the 18 and, and a half minutes, which are still a mystery. What was talked about today. But I, I like to think that it was Arlene confessing her love. <laughs> Singing a song. Com compared to what it really was. It was probably a lot of terrible racial epithets. And... Uh, Stuff like that. Like, just, but that was included already, right? Because that's what Arlene but, and... But worse than that, apparently. No, but like, like real, like, like I, don't, I don't even want to speculate. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. A lot of terrible we 1970s so things were, were, were uh, being said. Like, no, nah, it's just the way we talked. He probably so killed some foreign dictator and like is giving the, like they're discussing it and that's what was cut out. Like who died in those, we should look it up. Who, what it's foreign leaders were... Well, he would probably have been like him praising Pol Pot or some wacky shit like that. Like, this would have been some awful. Well, Pol Pot wasn't around yet, I don't think. In yeah, yeah, that was after Vietnam fell after in 75. From 77 yeah. to 79 was the Khmer Rouge, and they got mm -hmm. taken out yeah. by Taiwan. Pinochet, that was after that, too. I don't know who was. I don't know. Doesn't have to be Franco? super high on the list, but he definitely had someone killed and was like, oh, yeah. get that off of there. We're playing um, my favorite game. It's called Speculation. All right. <laughs> I mean, LBJ died in 73. Gotta kill LBJ. Jesus. Hey, hey, LBJ. Right now? Also, Pablo Picasso died then. So. Oh, shit. Oh, I fucking hated that artist. Picasso? I can't think of what type of artist Picasso was. Oh, I fucking hate Let's just edit that out. Yeah, no, no, cubism is whack. You're right. Fuck that shit. I don't like that shit either. Dave? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> what, what else we got? Oh, Shut up, Picasso, uh, real quick. <laughs> I don't you guys, know. we can't do two podcasts in a week because we go crazy. Uh, a little bit, I also little bit. have not slept this week. Yeah, so. uh, listeners, oh, to, to me, let you know, me either. yeah, no. to put you in the room where it happened. This is our second episode this week, and we are not good at this right now. Uh huh. That's yeah. Nobody knows how the sausage gets made, and now you guys know we're 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 a mess. Punch drunk. Dave, I actually thought sauce. about drinking Just, before this fight, and I was like, no. <laughs> That would be a terrible idea. Okay. Um, Woodward and Bernstein. Uh, that <laughs> very interesting portrayal. I never thought of them as like 
bumbling, incompetent, no. sort of petty. No, I loved folks. it though. I, were I understand. I understand that it, that it, it's a competitive business, but the way that Bruce McCullough just kind of makes his way over when he sees that Will Ferrell's on the phone, he's kind of just just kind of makes his way over. Like that was um, his wig was carrying all the weight. It was he just beautiful. kept flipping it. Yeah, it was so hair. fun. Their whole dynamic made the movie for me. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think I would. Yeah. Because they were 100% like, I say the tweedledee and tweedledum, but like those type of like characters and literally was like watching a Saturday Night Live skit um, and just uh, so funny. Like I was like crying. They were the brothers from Just Friends, just like always slapping each other and like shoving each other and like hip checking. Like They were just a couple of dopes like slapping nonstop. Yeah, I feel like that's where my theory of like he was just like, here's the thing. This is what this is what we're going for with Woodward and Bernstein. Have at it. Like you yeah. got to get these couple lines in there. The rest, you guys do what you want. Do whatever you feel like. Ugh, Will Ferrell. What yeah. a yeah. what a gem. <laughs> Early Will Ferrell too. Early Will. Yeah. Oh, both of them are fantastic. Oh, yeah. at, at, at at some point, it's it's got to be time to talk about since the 1970s was a very interesting time in uh, fashion. I don't know a better way to try to get into that. Let's, uh, let's talk about frosted tips and butterfly clips. Let's do it. Uh, they wore so many outfits. Fantastic it, it, it ones. Could have been every, every Everyone looked they beautiful. Had. All the money went to the fucking wardrobe in this movie. It, Even we, Woodward and Bernstein with those big thick tie knots. I'm like, how the yep. fuck? Is that, a, is that a quadruple Windsor? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I, I wear one of those if I know I'm going to have my jacket closed the entire time because it goes down to like my sternum. Yeah. It's just like a, a knot with a little tab on the bottom of it. Yeah. So there's a fun fact before we get into the in individual costumes. Okay. Um, the, cost, the costume designer actually went to a warehouse in Denver where they housed unused clothes from the 70s. So these no are way. literal clothes from the 70s that were never get worn. Get out. That's <laughs> yes. amazing. Which is probably why she was probably like, I can't choose only one. Yeah. Like everyone has to change costumes at least twenty-seven times. Every movie. look these girls wear, they're all fantastic. We could have did it alone. The, the hats, hats, the shoe game, like everything they have going on is just so ridiculous. Dana, take us away. Uh, which one did you want to talk about this week? So it was the one that I found the most jarring, and maybe this is because. I think this was meant to show their growth maybe in, in like how they looked like very mod in the beginning of the movie. And then when they like Kirsten Dunst goes to make out with Haldeman's son, who winds up just being some dude named Chip. Some dude. Um, they are very like hippie inspired and they have like headbands on. And <laughs> I think they're both wearing purple and like, yeah. it's some sort of crocheted situation. I don't know, but it was like the only one that was like, what the fuck? Like it, it took me, I was a little bit taken aback because it was so out of character from everything else that they had been wearing. It was very good though. They look great. I, truth, I forgot that we, I didn't think we were going to do this. So I'm just looking at a picture. I, they, I mean, you could pick, just pause the movie whenever and whatever's yeah. on screen is going to fit right into this category. Uh, Dave, which look did you want to talk about? Uh, the deep throat look. I thought they looked fantastic in the, uh, trench coats one of them looked a little thicker than the other it wasn't like a trench coat it's almost like a wool coat yeah. but since we, we we don't know it it always seems to be summer or spring there's, there's never any snow or anything like that so 
Mm-hmm. He's wearing a thicker coat and then either the beret or the black hat, the black floppy hat, um, and the sunglasses, because that's what uh, secret agents wear. That's that's how you do it. Well, I mean, that like, was that was also what Deep Throat wore in all the President's Men, right? Like when you see him shadowy in the in the parking yep. lot. So yeah, you that. see like the bottom of a trench coat yeah. at the very end. There's like shadow, and then you see facing. I'm retired. <laughs> that's my yes, name that's is Deep Throat. I'm, I'm not Deep Throat. <laughs> okay, I'm not Deep Throat. He's only Diablo Cody. Megan, what look did you want to talk about this week? So, I mean, this is a cop-out look because the look this movie is known for. Um, it's the, the American flag look mm-hmm. um, that they're wearing at the end. And Which they could not have actually made themselves. A hundred percent. And I mean, there's so many things about this look because A, they cut up an American flag, which they're sure like, did. oh, they're like, oh, is this illegal? Like, absolutely, yes. Not if you sew it back not together. If, yeah, not if you sew it back, back together. together. That was a great line. Come on, Megan. They put it uh, back together. There's uh-huh. no scraps. They used every inch of that flag. Every inch of it. And it looked exactly the same size as the American flag star, as mm-hmm. those tiny stars on her halter top. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but so they had the American flag outfit. Um, and when they're going up, they're climbing up to the roof and they, and, um, Michelle Williams turns around and there's a tattoo on her back because I know Michelle Williams Mm -hmm. and it is just like somebody was like, Oh shit, we forgot to smudge it out. Yep. Yeah. We just patched a hole in, in, in like a wall. Put some spackle on that. With some, some caulk and some spackle. Yeah. This is great. It's not good. It's all, it looks so, so obvious and so bad. Yeah. It like borderline. I was like, is that a birthmark? But then I'm like, nah, she has a tramp stamp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's yeah, it's terrible. They really should be able to do something about that. Yeah, it was like if I I don't know how to Photoshop things, mm-hmm. and if I had tried to like Photoshop something out because I was trying to like make it the same color, yeah, yeah. no. Anyway, that, they the grabbed the wrong. Pic- yeah, they grabbed the wrong pixel. Like <laughs> yep. that's what they were like. Oh yeah, this pixel will work, and they just kept yep. like boop boop boop, and you're like no. Yeah, they, they referenced the wrong <laughs> part of that image to try to blend yeah. that. I I've been there myself before. Um, yeah. Yeah. My look this week, uh, I don't know how to describe what I'm looking at here. So it's it's an Arlene look. It's when they go to mm-hmm. confront Nixon about being a monster on the recording. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but I'll give it a shot. I know it's a dress. You can verify that. It's Paisley. Mm-hmm. And I used to wear a lot of Paisley ties back in my, my tie wearing days and went to the office a lot. But it's not like the kind of a tonal paisley that we usually see where it's like one color with like, you know, a lighter color for the detail. This thing is yellow, green, blue, pink, and red paisley all at the same time. And it's cut like halfway up her thigh. So it's a relatively high cut on the skirt. Then there's also a slit that basically goes like up to her hip. Like it's a very mm-hmm. high slit in front. But don't worry because she also has on pale yellow I'm going to say pantyhose. I think those were tights. connected. I think I don't think those are tights. I think that's like a, I think that's a control top. It's, it's They're like opaque tights. Same yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. So then she's also got um, the canary yellow. I don't know what you would call these shoes. They look like dress shoes, like a men's dress shoe. Cause they have like the really skinny laces on them, but they also have like a chunky heel. I'm assuming this is a, a specific type of shoe that we just don't make anymore. I don't know what you call that thing, but like she looks insane. <laughs> like she looks like a crazy person <laughs> in this get up. She looks like a legitimate crazy person 
running around and what she has on, it's absurd to think that a, a 15 or 16 year old girl just has this in her closet. It's a lot. Um, so that was going to be, if I didn't do the American flag, that was literally my it's choice. so nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it just it looks bananas. But like, okay, so Arlene's look though, if you look at all of her outfits, the tights always match the shoes. And the tights are always like there's blue, there's purple, there's yellow. It's wild. Yeah. No, she's she is she's cultivating a look for herself to be sure. Like she's going for something. Yeah. A Luke. Luke. Yeah. Oh, what now? Uh, we've been we've been kind of alluding to the amount that they say dick in this movie uh-huh. um, so far. There's just a lot more to say, and uh, it's always fun to drop a few potent quotables in there whenever possible. So I think that this might be the time to go into it. What did you say? Um. You kick checkers and you're prejudiced and you have a potty mouth. Yeah. That's her. That's her yelling at the president in the Oval Office. Thanks, Betsy. That was real good. We heard you on the tape. You were doing all those things. Yeah. War is not healthy for children and other living things. Duh. Is that when she was like talking to her class, like her school presentation? No. I think was she it to said the president? That, yeah. Oh, right God. to his face. Yeah. It. Why are we doing this? War is not healthy for oh. children and other things. Oh my god. It's like, like when the, the like Kissinger comes in and they just start talking about very intense like geopolitical oh, things. Right. Like those two girls yeah. aren't sitting in the room. Yeah, it's like the situation room, only just a random, you know, yeah. like dining room. Well yeah. Nixon, <laughs> Nixon's like, hey Arlene, you want to get in on this? What do you think? And I'm like, why are you asking her? It was something about like the twenty second parallel, and I was like, "That sounds important." Yeah, that sounds no, like a, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's an important. I, I, part I think that's sure. a Vietnam thing. I, I think, think so, that's yeah. where they split North and I, South Vietnam. Yeah. I probably should have like read some history stuff before I, I watched this movie. <laughs> you're fine. Some of the jokes might have landed. Or it could be worse. What if years from now you get married and find out your fiance's dad is your dad too, <sighs> and you two are brother and sister? Oh my God. Hmm. It's called incest, Arlene, and it's against the law. That was her, like, you know, laying down the law to her friend. Like, I think in that uh, moment, you realize Betsy's a little bit smarter than Arlene. Like, a little bit. pretty dumb, but one of them is a little bit less dumb. Yeah, oh, but man. Betsy keeps saying, Arlene, you're so smart. Yeah. You're so smart. That's true. That's true. Well, she's trying and, to build up her friend. Friends build each other up, right? Well, if you're yeah. not smart, well, like, hey, you're smart. Not, not these friends. I'm smart. I'm smart. Well, I will say, uh, we didn't do the thing that we often do in like a teen movie that's driven by women. We didn't have the two of them have like a dumb falling out where they have like a stupid fight and have to like reconcile. They were together in this thing through and through the entire time, which yeah, good for them. Fantastic. Um, speaking of them being dumb, there's a, a Haldeman line in here. It says, sir, I have met yams with more going on upstairs than those two. And it's like, that's yams, eh? That's pretty mean. Fucking, and and they, I think they're sitting right there. I think they're in the room when he says that. Yeah, they all just like talk around them. Like yeah. they're not there. There's also in uh, the room when he said that. Well, yeah. There's also a, a Bob Woodward line here. Uh, at the end of that first interview, when he's mad at, uh, at, at uh, Carl Bernstein, the last thing he says is, You smell like cabbage. 
That's <laughs> like the, the last thing he says to him. It's like his outgoing line in the interview. That convinced me that a lot of this was going to be made up on the yes. fly. Yeah. That part of like, who says this? That's not in a script anywhere. No fucking way. It's in reference to Bruce McCullough character from Kids in the Hall. I Is saw it? that on IMDb. I don't know which character. Oh, and we also know. Oh boy. IMDb. Uh, there, there were a number of dick-related puns here. Uh, we have, I believe there were. We have seven listed. I say we just each take one at a time and run right, right through these. I think we're missing one. Oh uh, no, probably. I see. Uh, did, okay. Uh, okay. Good. Good. I've, I've got I've got some here, so I will get us started. Uh, Arlene, most of these are yelled just as a crowd gets quiet. They do that, or a marching times. band gets quiet. Or a marching it's, band. It's, it's amazing. They just walk through a lot of loud situations in this movie. Yeah. So Arlene, Arlene yells out, "All right, I love Dick, Dave. Dick frightens me. <laughs> Big sis. You suck, Dick. <laughs> with the American with the American flag outfit. Yes. Um, okay. I hate Dick. It was stupid of me to fall in love with Dick. What was I thinking? Dick just disgusts me now. Arlene. You know, Arlene, Dick meant a lot to me too, but I've been thinking. You can't let Dick run your life. We were the secret youth advisors, and we walked a dog, and Arlene was in love with Dick. <laughs> Megan? Dick is going down! Dick is going down! Do we have Carl. one more, Dana? You, you have the next one here? Oh wait, no, that's all. Is I, the last see. One? I I have one more, which is nope. I don't know how it didn't make the cut. I may have was, missed one. It was it one. was when she was wearing that outfit that I described, and she just yells out, "They're at the reflecting pool," and she uh-huh. yells out, "Oh God, I love Dick." I forgot that one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I think my I goodness. did have in my notes. Okay, all these dick jokes are kind of stupid. <laughs> I well, they're, think they're I just dumb. didn't. I did like the scenario of like they're able to say most of them without anybody hearing it. And then, like, the last one of, like, you yeah. can't let Dick ruin, ru- <laughs> like, let run, Dick your life. run your life. And she's like, oh, my God, we're having a private conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's well, just very well. Well, listeners, what I loved about this most was Dave has sprinkled in Dick jokes for the past week and a half just because about this movie. Accurate. And, and I feel like we've, we've used them all. But it was like one of the, it's like the scenario of like the longest running joke in some of these movies that we've talked about where there's like a joke that they like keep going and keep going. Yeah. Dick, Dick was the joke in our lives for the last year and a half and in the 90 minutes throughout this movie that can never get old. Yeah. We have been in a, a pretty intimate relationship with Dick heading up to this movie. So we've been living in a world of Dick. We've been covered in Dick. We've been yeah. surrounded by Dick. Surrounded mm-hmm. by Dick. Yeah. Really and I said year and a half, but I meant week and a half. It feels like, like a year and a half. It feels like it does. <laughs> so last thing, just because it has to be talked about. Any period piece, 70s, 60s, built-in cheat code. Mm. Awesome music in this movie. Definitely time for a mic check. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Microphone check, one, two. Yeah, the soundtrack is honestly better than it needed to be. They didn't need no, but, to give us all this heat. But before you really talk about it, you have to talk about that two of the songs on the soundtrack weren't even made when the movie was yep. supposed to be taking place. Um, Lady Marmalade was released in November 74. That was three months after Nixon resigned. That was the end of the movie. So who cares, though? It's still a it's close enough. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And uh, Dancing Queen was not released until August 1976, two mm-hmm. years after. But uh, like, what is time really, man? Time is a flat circle, you know? It is, man. I, I've awesome. got a story that I'm not going to tell you guys until we finish recording because it would take too long about the guy that wrote Dancing Queen, but put a pin in that. It, okay. It's pretty I had, fascinating. I know we've done a lot of like throwback movies that are set, uh, obviously back in time. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> in the future. time. <laughs> Um, and they use like we call them like cheat codes but for some reason I wrote a note that I was like some of this music is a little too on the nose Yeah, like some of the songs like Mr. Big Shot is played or Mr. Mm -hmm. Big Stuff stuff. when Mm -hmm. she's like mad at sorry I know I'm skipping ahead with some of these but when she's mad at Dick they play that Um, I mean long running dick joke just (laughs) added to with the song name yeah Yeah. Mr. Big Stuff (laughs) But like the you're so vain, like there's just a lot of run like whoop, we're spot on. And yeah. I can listen lot. to that song for days. I love it's a very good song. you're so vain. Incredible. Yeah, that's no, a great song. But I was like, when I heard it, like <laughs> I was like, oh, we're doing you're so vain right now. I was like, god damn it, it's too easy. Uh, did they play the whole song? They played a Almost. lot of it. I think so. Yeah, yeah most of it. Because that that last scene when he's walking to the helicopter when they're cutting mm-hmm. the flag, that takes like three minutes. I think it goes on forever. Yeah. yeah, it does. And I think before that, and then I'll let you get to the rest of it. They play. I've seen all good people turn their heads each day to like. So you're like the yes song, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ugh. Another thing where it's like, well, oh, good people who turn, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was, was a lot of amused. very on the nose musical notes they were playing for us. Not amused. No, just uh, come and get your love by Redbone. Come love that. Get your love. Uh, the locomotion. The yeah. Galaxy. yeah. That, that's. That uh, yeah, his his mix mixtapes in that movie. I mean, I, I was into it. I was into yeah. it. Yeah. The locomotion, Grand Funk mm-hmm. Railroad. Come on, baby, uh, do love Grand Funk Railroad. And uh, both versions of Dancing Queen. They start off with the ABBA, and then they go into the Sixpence None the Rich. I was like, Dancing Queen, kiss me. Yeah. Sixpence None the Richie. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, no, it's stupid. I gave it a shot. Um, pretty Cut dumb, Dave. Pretty yeah, dumb. no problem. No problem. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Um, we, we made it. One of the things that we like to do uh, in this pod is take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this movie was uh, the peak of their whole career or kind of the start of big things for them. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Dave, who are we going to dive on this week? It's tough, man. Uh, pretty much everyone major who like did anything in the movie has gone on to big things. Um, I tried to pick one of like the minor characters, like Betsy's dad or something like that. They they really haven't done anything. So I picked uh, one of my favorite actors. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. He this 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 was his final film. Um, his name is G.D. Spradlin. Yeah. Um, he's most known. He's been he's. He was in quite a few movies dating back to the 60s. Uh, Tora, Tora, Tora. Mm. If you've if you ever seen The Godfather Part Two, that mm-hmm. senator that comes to the Corleone house and just mispronounces everybody's name, Vato Corleone. <laughs> that's just the way he spoke. That was just the, that's just who he was. Um, had a small part in Apocalypse Now. He's the one who gives the mission to Martin Sheen when they're sitting there with, uh, I think that was Harrison Ford too. Man, what? I believe this, so. These movies are amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if there's an old man that I'm attracted to and I would have done a, a dick wall for, it would have been Harrison Ford. 
Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, a very weird trait about you. But I mean, I have a Mary Tyler Moore thing. So who am I to judge? Let's see what else? North Dallas Forty. I think that was a football movie. Um, I think so yeah. The War of the Roses. He was in Ed Wood. Ed he was Wood. a better in black and white. So yeah. Wow. Uh, he was in Clifford. Oh my God, Clifford, Clifford with Martin Short. Yeah. The big Red Dog. No, uh, no, no. It's, worse. it's Martin Short and uh, oh God, tip of the tongue. Not John Larroquette, but the other guy that's not John Larroquette. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. <laughs> that's Mary the one. Mary Steenburgen and Dabney Coleman. Richard Kind. I gotta see this movie. Clifford, prepare to be you really irritated by everything Martin. Oh, I don't. He, okay. Martin like Short Steen. plays a super irritated, super hyperactive, like nine-year-old in the movie. Yeah. He's when a grown does walk- he do that? Well, walking he's, on his he's, knees he's with, with playing like shoes on his knees yeah, yeah. shoes on his he's knees he's like he's supposed it's it's like pin 15 he's playing a child this mm. sounds amazing okay i watched it a lot when i was young okay oh and his last sorry yeah and his, and his last few canadian bacon oh, with john candy man. he was in nick of time if you saw that movie it was the one that was in chronological it's like a 90 minute movie that took place over 90 minutes with johnny oh, depp like 88 whereas, minutes with uh it was good uh, al pacino yeah, that one was less good, but uh, yeah, and I understand the concept. The Long Kiss Goodnight, that was Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis. Very good. good oh, and uh, he, he ended it playing Ben Bradley, the editor of the Washington Post, and Dick. So, All right. Rest in peace. Yeah. G.D. Spradlin. Bradlin, quite a career for him. Um, guys, that brings us to the end of our podcast. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Again, tough this week. There's only like three teens in the movie, but here we go. Larry is most likely to take a couple of days of PTO when the recreational marijuana dispensary opens up a few miles from his house. Mm-hmm. All he loved was drugs. Betsy. Hey, is Larry the brother? Yeah. Hey, he tried to create they... his own drugs. It was amazing. And yeah. he invented quaaludes. Invented quaaludes. And then gave that. them a loan to open their own roller skating rink. That's right. That was a thing. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Betsy is most likely to forget her role in the Watergate scandal by 1978. Big old dum-dum. And Arlene is most likely to start shopping for wedding rings after a second date. Just looking at that wall of dick. She gets hooked quick. Um, Now, our next movie is another very, very big deal. Um, You guys heard we we had on uh, Tracy Carnazzo from uh, Teen Mom Trash Talk. And uh, we had so much fun with her that her co-host, Noel Winters Herzog, is also going to be joining us next week to discuss my all-time fucking favorite teen movie, It Cannot Be Touched. This, If there's a Mount Rushmore, this is floating above Mount Rushmore on like a Zeppelin. Y'all, we're talking about Can't Hardly Wait. We're going to fucking do it. We were traumatized because we did it as a lost episode and it was a four hour long marathon. That was a goddamn nightmare. We're not doing that again. You guys, um, I drank two bottles of wine during that episode. I mean, I mean you could take it a nap. Like the shit went on forever. I um, had two big old mugs of beer. That was a yeah, so did I. I, I had six beers. We're, we're not doing that again. Um, hmm. we've, we've changed our format. We're not doing a scene by scene. The problem with that movie is every scene is one minute long. And so we're doing yep. a scene by scene recap and like by hour two, we're just getting to the party and I'm like, Oh my God. 
no one's going to want to listen to this. So we're not doing that again, but we're very excited to have uh, Noel Winters Herzog coming to join us for that episode. Should be a whole, whole lot of fun. Um, I, we've been putting it off and putting it off because we've been traumatized and um, we offered not her me. kind of, well, no, you weren't here yet. I mean, look at you. <laughs> I can't oh, wait. God. Yeah. I can't hardly wait. <laughs> And hardly wait, but we, we, we asked her kind of what she wanted to do. And this is one that, you know, she jumped on right away. And so I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll pull the trigger. We're going to do it. Uh, guys, that does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, uh, pop on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, be sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, leave us a nice review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RecappingGownPod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And if you didn't like what you heard, to quote Arlene, you are a meanie. Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.